Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Super excited about today's episode. Um, Got to give a shout out to my guys over at InfiniteOffRoad.com. Infinite Off-Road is now offering all Racing on the Rocks listeners a 10% off the entire website using code ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S. Um, these guys have the best rock lights for your full size, your buggy, your side-by-side, everything. The applications are endless. They have the brightest and widest patterns available in the world. They're actually the only provider of a rock light that has a pure dedicated white emitter. Um, you can control this with handheld uh, devices. You can control it with your phone. Um, it'll sync to music. I've seen just about everything you can think of with these things, and uh, they're super cool. They offer wheel rings, um, grills, mirrors with lights built into them. On all the Infinite Off-Road products, which is rock lights um, and their light bars as well, they offer a 25-year, you break it, they replace it warranty that even covers accidental damage. So go check them out, infiniteoffroad.com. Super good guys to deal with. Customer service is unparalleled. Um, They're just super good guys. Uh, Next, I want to talk about my friends at All Things UTV. Um, All Things UTV has stepped on board with us to give us a little bit more support. Um, One thing that I really appreciate about them is their wheel and tire packages. They are blowout sale prices all the time. They're great to deal with. They'll answer your questions. They're super active. Uh, The owner, Dustin Robbins, is active on all the Facebook groups for side-by-sides. Anything UTV, uh, tender spring upgrades to to get a little bit more height and get a little bit more usability out of that crushed tender spring that's on your stock rig. Um, They have replacements for it. They have axle pullers. They have wheels and tire combos. They have deals on wheels, and you get a free axle, and... Man, just so many really cool things for UTVs. I really highly recommend you guys give them a uh, follow. Instagram, Facebook for Infinite Off-Road and All Things UTV. Super good guys. I really appreciate them. Today on the show, we have none other than Jordan Pellegrino. Um, This dude is awesome. Uh, I could have had a conversation with him for forever. Um, Super good guy. Very easy to talk to. Uh, He's based out of California and we talk about the Razor 10,000 XP unit that he's running in the 4400 class in Ultra 4. If you haven't seen it, Instagram, Facebook, check it out. This car is badass, and it is super functional, really cool to look at, and it's mean. Super, super mean. We talk a lot about the things that he gets asked on social media. We talk about who he is, who his family is, and everything in between, and where he's going to be this year as far as races and expos go. So thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Racing on the Rocks. But without further ado, Jordan Pellegrino. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. All right, cool. Um, Jordan, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Enjoying the life in Cali. What about you? Dude, I am just more than excited and more than I can articulate to get a chance to uh, have you on the show, and it seems like at the best time, um, because you've got this awesome new car we're going to talk about today, you've had a lot of things in your personal life that have been awesome to watch happen, Um, but before we get into it, you mentioned you're in California, Um, where are you based out of in California, and, and, and what do you do like during the day? Uh, currently living in Simi Valley, California. Uh, I lived here most of my whole life. Um, I moved here when I was four. 
So, um, and then day to day is uh, recently just prepping and um, making sure the car is getting worked on all the time, um, making sure sponsors are happy, and uh, trying to keep the team in line. So that's that's my day to day. Yeah, dude, that's uh, and that's that's a lot. I know to some people that sounds like you know the dream easy job, but man, I am sure that it entails a lot more than people think. Yeah, no, it, it definitely does. It's it's more than uh, a full-time job, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to do, you know, lame stuff like jump on a podcast and things like that for, uh, <laughs> take, take up your time like that. So, um, <laughs> like I said, we're, we're excited to, uh, to take some of your time, though. But uh, one thing I want to bring up is you just kind of entered that, um, I'm using air quotes, like pro-professional, this is what you do as a career, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, tell me about it. How did that happen? What were you doing before? Like, I want to know everything because, you know, this is like a uh, like a true hero story that's kind of coming to fruition. Yeah. <laughs> so, basically, uh, I've, I've grown up around off-road. I've grown up in the desert. Um, I mean, I started riding dirt bikes when I was three years old. So, um, I've been into all this stuff since a really young age. Um, my family's been all about it, so I mean, it's really kind of hard to not be into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, your, your dad definitely uh, has, has set the bar for you. Yep, yep, so um, he's taught me a lot of what I know today um, and what I live by, um, which is, if you want nice things, then work for it. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that's that's really just the motto that I live by, and it's it's not hard to find nice things nowadays, but it's... It's hard. You, you just need to put in the work to get it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's basically what I'm all about. So I make sure that everything I have is as good as it can ever be. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what? it's it's, uh, it's a fun lifestyle for sure. But, no, I uh, got into jeeping um, through my dad, obviously. I rode with him growing up um, out on the trails and stuff. And then... Uh, I finally got into my own rig when I was, I think, 14. I finally convinced my parents to build me uh, a TJ. Yeah. Um, so I got that. We built it in like three months, and then uh, we had it ready for King of the Hammers 2000, what was that, 14, 15? I think it was 2015. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and then straight out of the box at my first King of Hammers, my first race in that Jeep, regardless, um, got fourth in stock modified. Man. Um, with the bone stock, inline six, bone stock, literally like bone stock, everything, all the parts we used to build the Jeep were literally just parts we had laying around the shop. Like there was a pair of coilovers sitting there, so we put those on. There was a, uh, my dad had an old pair of RockJog 60s, which I mean, they're badass axles, but right. like I think the I'm pretty sure the rear axle was like bent or something, so he replaced <laughs> it and it, it was out of his Jeep. Like, yeah. He bent the rear axle, he replaced it, and then I got the bent rear axle. So it was literally <laughs> just like totally thrown together, but the thing rips, so Yeah. Um and I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know you throw a pair of uh rock jocks in a jeep with a stock inline six you can't break anything yeah for you don't no. have any power <laughs> it's yeah no exactly it's literally like just point and shoot like literally i remember at my first koh um 
going up, like, there was a sand hill at, like, race mile one. And I literally had to stop and put it in low just to get up the sand hill because it didn't have enough <laughs> enough balls behind it. Dude, that's so, awesome, man. Yeah, so, I mean, really started, um, I started pretty low and kind of worked my way up the totem pole through the years. Yeah, so one thing I want to point out, too, is uh, when you reference the shop, um, what shop are you guys, like, working out of? Um, so, I, all of my race stuff is based out of our... Um, R&D at Genrite, our R&D building. Um, so it's where we do a lot of customer builds. Um, it's where we build all the welded roll cages that people order. Um, and then it's where new products are designed, test fit, um, and installed on ours or customer Jeeps. And then mm-hmm. it's where we uh, build and maintain our own personal Jeeps. Um, it's where all the racing stuff happens. It's, it's So it's, it's a... It's a small shop, but we, we get a lot done out of it. So yeah, well, one thing I wanted to I wanted to let you draw the connection back to Genrite because Genrite is such a huge name in the Jeep arena because that's actually where I got my start. I went from Jeeps to uh, Razor to you know like the full blown Razor buggy hill killer chassis, and I'm back to a full body now. And when I was in Jeeps, man, it was like. The, the conversation always involved Genrite and like the quality, <laughs> like I'm serious man, uh, because the quality behind y'all's product seems to speak for itself and you guys offer a huge variety of product and, and one of the coolest things I remember was just the fact that I think I think your dad had come on like an episode of Extreme 4x4 with Ian Johnson. Yeah, um, I, I was actually on that one too. Okay, cool, yeah, I mean it's been I so long little, since I've watched it. I was a little it. guy, but yeah, we, uh, we ended up driving a bone stock tj full of genrite parts in the back seat um it was literally enough parts to do an entire build on the tj so it was like fully packed and we ended up driving it from california all the way to tennessee to drop it off to ian dude <laughs> so it was uh it was pretty cool it, that was a fun experience yeah for sure and like i, I just remember i had, i think i had just gotten uh my when i turned 16 my parents bought me this like kind of rundown tj and I was, of course, shopping way out of my budget, and I uh, was just looking around, and, you know, I actually got to see that episode when it was live, and I was like, that is a badass Jeep, and y'all brought, uh, eventually, I think you guys came back around, and you guys brought the JKs, um, yep. because I remember seeing the four-doors when they, like, first came out, and the whole conversation was, you know, can a four-door Jeep do it, and you guys had the had the fenders, you guys had the roll cage on there and you guys actually made it where it was like safe to wheel those things so yeah that was a that and that's a huge thing that we push on the show for those regular listeners they know I beat it like a dead horse but like cages are everything man and the fact oh, that you yeah. guys like you guys put a huge emphasis on your cages um, yep. you guys have a variety of different options like i think that that's just the coolest thing that you guys do but anyways yeah. sidetracked it a little bit yeah um, no for sure and like i was saying like that's that's something that Genrite's all about. That's something that I was raised being taught was if you're going to do something, do it the right way. Don't half-ass anything. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, you'll see that in the Genrite products and you'll see that in everything I do too. So yeah, uh, I think that's what's cool about our whole program here. Yeah. So, okay, let's go ahead and just jump to, jump to now. Well, let me actually, before we do that, so you go from a, you know, kind of just a, a, we'll call it like a, a recreational racer, um, you've got the setup, you've got the shop behind you. What made that jump for you to professional race car? Like, how does that even go? Does it, is it funding that limits you? Is it, 
a car? Like, well, what is that thing that made you go from you know amateur to professional? It's it's honestly a lot of different things, and um, I for me it would personally be hard to pinpoint a certain moment in time where that jump happened um, because there's there's a lot that um, involves that that jump. You know, um, you don't just get the car and all right. of a sudden you're a professional. You don't just get the sponsors and all of a sudden you're a professional. Um, it's, it really takes a lot of different things to align to make that happen. So, right. um, I mean, it, it goes all the way down to the team you have supporting you. So there's, there's a lot involving that, but, um, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick three things that separate the, the professionals from the, just kind of out there to have fun guys, you know, it would, um, a car is definitely one of them. Um, a capable, actually four things, a capable driver. Um, one that doesn't just, cause you know, there's a lot of guys out there that just go balls to the walls or they don't push it hard enough. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta ride that fine line of, okay, like this is where I push it, and this is where I back off. Yeah, man, uh, that that's something that I don't feel like doesn't get talked about a lot. And I saw it at the um, the teardown in Tennessee. I went to that Ultra Four race, and yeah. um, <laughs> the biggest complaint from drivers that I heard was that that there was like bucket listers out there that people who yeah. just wanted to go out and do a race, and like it really yeah. hindered the people who do this as a profession yeah. and and are expected to, to succeed. And yeah. and it was crazy to me. I hadn't I had never thought that that would actually be like a hindrance. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, it just kind of, I honestly, I wouldn't say they get in the way, but it's, it's just one of those things that people, and there's nothing wrong with people like that. Like, honestly, if I wanted to go out and race a different series, just as a bucket list thing, like I would totally do it. But, yeah. but if I was, if it was to the point where I was getting in the way of the people that yeah. did it uh, as a career or as like their job, that's when, I personally would be like, okay, like, I need to get out of the way, or I need to, but it's the people that don't do that, they go out there to um, just have the experience, but then they end up slowing the people down, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, it, there's there's different ways to look at it, but, um, yeah. Yeah, so... Anyways, we talked a little bit about the uh, race, you know, amateur to professional race kind of transition there. Um, Yeah. You know, uh, one thing I want to talk about before we talk about your new car is the solid axle car that you raced for a while. Um, Yeah. That thing was a a monster on its own right, too. Uh, Yeah. Was that a chassis? Because, let me roll it back here. Um, The Genrite cars that were raced, they all have a very similar look to them and a very similar feel. Um, Yeah. Is that a, a design that, that your team has kind of come with, stepped up, and like they, they like that design? Or was yeah, that, is so, that inspired by so somebody the else? Solid, the solid axle car that I raced uh, in 2018 in 4400 um, was the exact same car that my dad raced for the last like five years before that or four years before that. Okay, cool. Um, I think we built that car. When did we build that car? 2016, I think it was. Um so we built that car in-house in 2016, designed it, everything in-house, uh, built it. My dad raced it for three or four years, mm-hmm. and then he kind of wanted to step out, and 
I guess, retire, you'd call it. Yeah. Um, and then that was right around the time that I was looking into getting up into 4400. Um, and the sponsors wanted to keep that car in 4400. So mm-hmm. it, it really all just worked out that I would make the jump into 4400 at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that all happened super quickly because I was literally like getting my car ready for King of the Hammers. And then within like two weeks, we made that choice. So I stopped everything I was doing on that car, started prepping the other car. Um, and then like a month later, we were at KOH. So that's nuts, man. Yeah. So it, it all happened super fast. Um, a little bit unexpectedly. Um, but I, I don't regret doing it one bit. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that that car is a monster. Well, um, the reason it's I wanted the same, to... it's the same engine, trans, and T case mm-hmm. um, that's in my new car. Oh wow! Um, so a lot of the hard parts are the same. Yeah, it's just the difference is solid axle and non solid axle. So I, I wanted to bring that car up because I think you know the reason people want to listen to this is because you now have a car that's unlike. I can think of only one other person that has anything close, and that's Cody Wagner in the yeah. uh, laser nut car. But even still, the machine that you have is a totally different beast. Um, yeah, it's just different. And and uh, I'm going to compare and ask you know ask you to compare uh, the rig you had before the one you have now, the solid axle car. It looks like it's running coil springs, bypasses, a trailing arm setup. And it's got a rear-mounted tire just a, just a little bit behind the axle. So for those who don't have a picture in mind or just listening on their phones, um, that's kind of an idea of what it is. It looks like a traditional trailing arm, solid axle, Ultra 4 car. Um, yeah. But let's go ahead and jump right into it, man. This new car, it so I hadn't been keeping up with you until you know right before the race. And I think I was scrolling through my Instagram feed one day and you like car is almost done and i see this chassis that i can't like it, it's a work of art on itself but then i get to looking at it more and i'm like wow there's no space for axles under there and then i start reading <laughs> a little bit more and i'm like oh damn it's i it's it's independent all the way around and yeah. uh and that's when i think i, I started seeing like the razor 10,000 xp and dude that's yeah. hilarious man like you that is that's awesome that's a really really cool way to market that car yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's a crazy machine. So yeah, I mean, where do you want to start talking about? So it? let's just start from uh, from the from the inside out, and let's start with the chassis because obviously this is unlike anything anyone's seen before. Yeah, so this was uh, a concept put together by um, Quinn at Seventy Four Weld, and then the chassis was actually designed and built by uh, Igor at Trade Engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the same, it's actually the same guy that designed and built Cody Wagner's car. Uh Um, so this is really just like the version two, the latest and greatest Mm -hmm. of, uh, what Cody has. Yeah. yeah. Um, So unlike Cody's, this is a trailing arm rear setup instead Mm of a arm front rear. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is trailing arm, uh, with an upper a arm like a normal A-arm, mm-hmm. um, and then in the front, A-arm, A-arm, with single shock front, because it's so light. Yeah. Um, and that was that was another one of the goals on this car, was to build it out to be as light as possible, but still have everything we need and be as safe as possible. Yeah, that's one thing, I, uh, when, I, when I look at it, I just, you know, I want to say this, coming from the East Coast, um, guys put a lot of unnecessary bars, unnecessary support in there. 
um, yep. kind of just as like a stylistic thing because we really don't have to worry about weight that much because um, we're not going long distance. It's a drag race basically. Yeah. Um, but when I when I saw your car and I saw the chassis, you know, you have a very limited number of actual like bars in the design, uh, not much tubing. But what tubing is there, you know, it, the it's just different. It's just different. Yep. <laughs> like that's the best way to say it is like yeah. you kind of have that the the same like uh, the the area that carries the passengers still has the very like structurally you know well designed it's very geometrical but as soon as you exit that you know firewall to the back of the seat you get into this like again it's kind of like a work of art it's, yeah it's pretty exactly that's what, I was, that's what I was gonna say it's it was I wouldn't say it was hard building the car but it, I just had to put a lot of thought into it mm -hmm. as far as where I was gonna put things where certain things I knew had to go where other things didn't really have to go anywhere but I just needed to find a home for them um, but then at the same time, keep the car, um, easy to work on and, um, pretty manageable, you know? Yeah, for uh, sure. So that was, that was a lot of the goals that I had in mind building it. Um, but yeah, like you were just saying, there's, there's not a whole lot to the chassis itself, but where there is tubes is above your head and below <laughs> your feet. I mean, I wanted to make sure that the floor was... The, the entire skid pan of the floor or of, of the car uh -huh. was solid because you're constantly bashing it through rocks mm -hmm. and above your head in case we have a good crash, you know? Mm -hmm. um, those are those are the two places you don't want to skimp out on tubes. So yeah. Uh, yeah, but the rest of the car, yeah, it's you're right. It's it's pretty open, um, but that was just another way to help keep it light. Yeah, keep it simple. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people like about the car. Yeah, definitely so. And, 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 you know, when you, when you put like skins on that chassis, it kind of fills in what, you know, if it were ever to feel empty, the skins clear that up, but it, it's yep. such a good look in the sense of, you know, you have just enough to cover the passengers and just enough to keep the motor and everything closed up and, and everything looks nice and tidy and there's yep. not excess. That's something yep. that gets me in design is when people just throw excess in. Mm -hmm. Now, now the next yeah. thing I want to talk about is, uh, like, what what power plant do you have in that thing? Because you mentioned it earlier. It's coming over from the previous car, but... Uh, yeah, so basically what we did was um, we had the spare powertrain sitting there, literally on the ground, mm -hmm. um, for the old car. And we're like, well, we tossed around a couple different motor options. We were going to do... Um, a dual overhead cam LS engine that Mercury Racing makes. Um, so I tried contacting them to get us or get them to give us a couple of those, mm -hmm. and that just didn't end up working out. So we're like, you know what? Screw it. Like, we know this powertrain works. We know everything works together. We know it all fits like it's supposed to. Like, let's just use it. Um, and that ended up working out really well for us. Uh, but it's basically a LS based engine but there's hardly any chevy parts in it <laughs> um, so it's a rhs tall block um it's basically like a dyno 770 horse Woo! um and like 700 torque mm. so it's a it's a pretty burly motor yeah. um it's it's tough to build big small blocks like this i feel like because I, I've talked to a lot of the other Ultra 4 guys, um, and to build the big horsepower up top, mm -hmm. it makes the motors run like crap down low. 
Yeah. So, which which doesn't work in the rocks because then it gets choppy. It wants to die. It just does a lot of different things. Um, and part of that's in the tune. Um, but that's something we're I wouldn't say struggling with right now. But that's one thing that is on my list of things to get fixed on this car right now. Yeah. Um, is just the the down low. Um, smoothness of throttle like you just call it yeah and and that makes uh, sense man i mean anybody that's tried to tune basically anything you'll learn very quickly you can't have the low end and the top yeah you can't have you just gotta find the happy medium in between you know mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah it's uh it's a great motor though super reliable um but yeah it it puts out some power and then we run a turbo 400 behind that reverse manual valve body um, built by Rancho Drivetrain Engineering down here. Um, they they build a lot of the um, trophy truck guys' transmissions. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Atlas Two Speed, and uh, that's that's about it. Yeah, yeah, and that's one thing I love, man. Is you is you stuck with parts that are you know like readily available. They're reliable, exactly. and and it just I mean. It, everything you just named is is not like a surprise factor by any means, but it's it's parts that are known that it work really well. So I yeah. I, I can admire that yeah. man. There's there's something about uh, testing or using something you know has been tested. Yeah, exactly. And like we said, we just like to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. We we used everything we know already works. Um, we just kind of repurposed it for this application. So um, that that helped us as far as the whole like working bugs out of the car early mm-hmm. on. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people that try a bunch of crazy new parts and they chase issues the entire life of the car. So. Yeah, well, I mean, that's I, I, when I, I interviewed Cody Wagner and we talked about how he's still kind of sifting through the designs of what he's got going on. And um, when yeah. I spoke to him, he was running an issue with their A-arm system in the front and he had to build a double shear system so the, the A-arm wouldn't keep snapping off. And uh, it yeah. seems like he, he's been, he was kind of the pioneer in that area, but it, yeah, uh, it, is, it has come was. at a cost. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, and I mean, I'm, I, I almost guarantee it. The next version of this car will be even better than this one. But it's just, you know, I mean, that's just learning and progressing. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the next thing I want to talk about is uh, your suspension because you're pretty avid about your Fox suspension, and it's it's super sharp looking. Um, obviously, it works really well. Um, I kind of wanted to hear from you. Uh, you know, everybody runs coilovers and bypasses. Yep. What what makes your what makes the Fox suspension? Why does it work so good on your car? And you mentioned earlier that you know you run a single setup up front and and it, about how light it is. Um, just how did you guys go about making these decisions? So basically, the car was designed around um, the single shock front three O IVP and then a two five coilover and a three O bypass in the rear. Um, so, they actually designed the car with the, um, you know, Wayne from Fox. Um, he's their shock tuner. He's, he's like the shock guru here out on the West yeah. Coast. Um, you might know the name, Wayne Israelson. Well, um, if he's so, the shock guru at Fox, he's got to be somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, he doesn't actually work for Fox anymore, but when they designed this car, he, uh, he was the one that told him, okay, I want these tubes here, I want these mm-hmm. tubes here, we're going to do single shock front. Um, so, and I, I, I trust that guy more than 
almost anybody. Um, he's, he's never strayed me wrong. Um, and he just knows so much about so many different things. It's, um, and he's not one of those guys that's just a shock tuner. He knows he's a racer. He knows cars. He knows, he knows how to work on them. Like almost every time I go out and shock tune with him, he's Mm -hmm. like, he, he notices something about the car. He's like, Oh, why'd you put this cooler here? Like he, like he just knows something about everything, which is what I like about the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, like I said, he designed the shock package. Um, I don't know if you saw, I just finally put on the uh, recirculating resis and coolers on the front shocks. Yeah. Um, because that is that is the only issue that people have, whether they admit it or not. That is the only issue with single shock cars, other than the fact they're a little bit harder to tune. Uh-huh. Um, but that's that's the only mechanical issue that people face with single shock cars is the shocks get too hot and they fade. Yeah. So if you can take the heat and the fade out, what's the problem with single shock cars? You know. Yeah, for sure. Um. So, I I think that a lot of people are going to see this working um, and be very shocked. Um. And we only have one race under our belt, yeah. but uh, we're hopefully heading out to tune next week um i have a photo shoot out at the hammers so i'm gonna get the car back together right now and uh get out there for that next week but so uh, let me ask you this you know i'm assuming that since they're not external reservoirs um you you said circulating reservoirs um or something along those lines are they normally piggyback on the single shot so yeah so i mean you think about a normal coilover Mm -hmm. With a remote reservoir, you got one hose running to it, right? Right. Um, so with this new setup, they replace the top cap. There's two ports coming out of the top cap. Oh, man. And then the top cap basically runs one of the ports, goes into the uh, cooler, uh-huh. out of the cooler, to the actual reservoir, out of the reservoir, back through the cooler, and then back to the top of the shock. Gotcha. Man, that, so, okay, that uh, makes more sense. Yeah, so it's it's a full a full fledged system now. Man, dude, that's that's uh. Now, is anybody else implementing that system, or do any other vehicles like trophy trucks or anything like that implement that? <laughs> they might be, but when I picked up the parts, they said that I'm the first Ultra Four guy running this stuff. Woo, man, so, that's should awesome. Be pretty, should be pretty awesome to test and get out and shock tune because we still haven't even shock tuned this car. Yeah, man, dude, that's that's nuts. Because yeah. I've, I've seen you ripping through stuff and, and soaking it up like it's not anything. Exactly. Um, I know people people say that and they don't even realize that we literally haven't even touched the shocks yet. So man, that's awesome. Uh, well, cool, man. Uh, so that kind of that kind of gets to the shocks. Uh, is there anything particular about your A arm setup that's unique? Um, I mean. A arms are A arms. Uh, it looks like they're pretty standard. You guys aren't like double shearing them or doing anything weird. Yeah, like no, it's it's a pretty simple um, A arm setup on the front. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, the, the only thing that's cool about the front suspension is the portals. So that's, I, I was I was saving the portals. So yeah. let's, let's, talk, let's go ahead and <laughs> so talk yeah, about no, them. The front, the front suspension. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so one thing that is so cool about this car, and 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 he and Jordan just spoiled it for me, is this car is running. Uh, is it are they four inch portals? Uh, I think it's four and a half. Four yeah. and a half. Okay, I'm I'm just judging by pictures, so I'm yep. doing doing the best I got. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, they uh, 
it, it really like makes a huge difference because you have a picture on your Instagram and it's a picture from behind the car and the like radius rods on the car are completely level and you can see that the you know obviously the axle is going into a portal and you gain you know it's only four inches but at the end of the day you know something I always that's, tell people like that's a lot oh it's so big I mean think about running a 40 inch tire on like a, a Jeep and then think about running a 44 and yep. how different that is and that's just I mean four inches again sounds like nothing but man when you look at the back of this car and you see the fact that you know first off it's a really cool image to see a car having the axle go into like three-fourths the way up the tire and uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean it's it's just it's it's aesthetically just perfect but I mean yeah. it's super functional too did you guys design those portals or did you guys have them already built are they off the shelf is this something people can apply to their buggies so this is something that everyone can apply to their buggies. This Ooh. is uh, a product from 74 Weld. Uh -huh. um, so he was the other guy that I was saying that helped design this car with Triton. Mm -hmm. um, so they they did that together. But yeah, this is this is his product. This is off the shelf. Um, and we did a lot of testing right off the bat with him. Um, just to make them that much better for um, racers like us. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, but this is literally just off the shelf. You can get them in eight lug, six lug. I think he can even do five lug. Like, but yeah, he, he machines everything in house, has all the gears cut himself. Yeah. Um, so this is, I mean, they're, they're, they're pricey, but this is definitely something anybody can put on their stuff. So let me ask you this, cause you know, coming from the side by side world, I hear about, you know, companies that offer portals for razors and things like that. And the first thing I think of is why would I want to put a weak link into my drivetrain? Yeah. And, you know, I've seen I've seen videos of this car running, and it certainly doesn't look like it has a weak link. Are you so ever... that was that was the number one question that I got when literally from the time that everyone heard I bought this car uh -huh. until like even up to KOH um, was do you trust the portals and how strong are they? Yeah. Um, and honestly, before we ran them, I had no idea. I didn't know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't really have any doubts. I just didn't know because I've never run them. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really one to talk bad on anyone's stuff until I've tried it myself. Yeah, man, that's, that's, uh, that's so, right there. so we took them out. There was a couple things that we wanted to change that needed attention right off the bat. Um. But as soon as we got a couple things figured out, um, Quinn actually came out to the desert with us, and we ran the car with him out there. Um, so that was pretty cool. But no, I they're they're more than any like I, it's it's actually mind blowing how well these things work. And you wouldn't even believe it, but you could blast through the desert at 100 miles an hour for an hour straight and come back to camp and put your hand on the portal. It's literally That's like nuts. room temperature. It, they don't get hot. They don't. They don't do. It's ridiculous. They make a little bit of noise yeah. because it's straight cut gear. Um, but it's it's mind blowing how cool they stay, how strong they are. Um, it's yeah. You you never think that they're as strong as they actually are. But. Yeah, dude. That's that's just nuts to hear. Because I mean, yeah. That's that's whatever, man. I'm just gonna I'm gonna trust your word on that because uh, yeah. that's that's crazy unique. Yeah. Um, but super cool portals. Uh, what kind of wheels and tires are you running? 
Uh, so I run the Mickey Thompson Baja Boss tire. It's a 40-inch sticky. Uh, they actually made 80 of the tires specifically for me right before King of the Hammers, which mm -hmm. was pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so they made those out of their drag racing compound rubber. So you can literally, like... Like, it feels like you can rip a knob off. They're so soft. That's awesome. Um, but they they last surprisingly long for how soft they are, which is really cool. Um, like, even the tire... Like, I'm going to put the tires back on from KOH when I go out and test this next week because they're still 90% life on them, so... Dude, that's great, man. And yeah. I, I, like... When... when I always feel like I, I have to tell people kind of the basics because you never know where somebody who's listening where they're at and their knowledge. But yeah. uh, those sticky tires, they really are. If you if you were to walk out to your car on your, your truck or your car or mud tire or whatever, and you were to grab one of the lugs on there and you tried to move it with your hand, typical road tires are super stiff and won't move at all. Um, one thing I like to pick on because a lot of the guys that listen to this are some full size and some side by side, but the brand new Maxxis Rockzillas. Um, they have a sticky compound, and man, I could almost twist one of the lugs 90 degrees. Yeah. And when you when you see stickies in real life, or if you know somebody that has them, just go up and grab them, and and just like just get a feel for them because it is a totally different ball game. And I'll be honest, I actually sold my Rockzillas off because they were wearing so fast, and they wear just because that compound is softer, that the tread blocks yeah. start to kind of roll off the edges and things like that. Um, yep. So to hear that that compound is not, you know, like not wearing on you. I mean, if you go beat on something in an area that has primarily sand and all the rocks are like sandpaper, you'd imagine that those tires would be trashed, man. Oh, yeah. So that's really cool to hear. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah, and I mean, we're, we're spinning the tires through the rock trails. Yeah. Like, it's nothing, and they're totally fine. Do you think that they'll put uh, a sticky in production? I I don't know. I haven't talked to them about that. That'd be a good question though for them, I think. Yeah, I mean, I it, I'll tell you this, man, the uh I don't I don't know if it's the economy or what, but man, tire companies all around are stepping up and developing stickies for just about everything I can think yeah, of. Yeah, they are. And and it would be great for Mickey Thompson to have something out there because their new um the dig tire, I forgot what it's called, the big the big side lug, big Oh, yeah, 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 dude, yeah. Dude, that yeah, thing. I that thing's monstrous. Uh-huh, the 43. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy, man. Uh, so it's cool to see that they're stepping outside the box and going, you know, building the car that's, in my opinion, built for the East Coast. Um, yeah. Dude, it's 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 a beast in real life, and I would be super stoked to see them kind of reach out into something that's a little bit more, like, universal application uh, yeah. and build a sticky I, I think they will. I think they will here soon. I mean, they're, they're getting a lot out of what they're doing with us right now, yeah. so... Um, and they're super stoked, so I, I think you'll be seeing more of them here shortly. That's awesome, man. Um, I'm trying to but, think uh, if there's anything else on the car that I'm forgetting uh, right out of the gate. Obviously, you're running RCV axles. Um, yep. One thing I've noticed is you're like the only person I have ever seen put on their social media the fact that they're servicing them. And you're not servicing them because they're broken. You're just doing it as nope. regular maintenance, and just doing it as maintenance. And that's why your car, <laughs> that's why your car works, and that's why you yeah. haven't had a failure out of them yet. So exactly. Um, yeah. No, it's it's uh, that's that's something, especially axles. That's not something that you can just build once and forget about. Um, I mean, I guess you can, but that's not how they won't I, last you a long time. Yeah, exactly. That's just not how it's meant to be done. Yeah, so anything else about the car that you want to highlight or point out that we didn't talk about? Um, no, 
I mean, uh, like you were saying, KMC wheels were yep. in their forged um, 17-inch machete beadlock. Um, what else? R1 Concepts brakes. Um, that's another thing that you can literally just buy off the shelf for your Jeep. And super uh, underrated improvement for your car, yep. regardless of what the application is. Get some brakes that work. If you put bigger tires on there, you need some more braking power. You need more brakes. People yeah, just exactly. don't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's about, those are all the, the high points, I think. So, I was going to ask, you mentioned earlier you get a lot of questions about the portals. What else do you get questions about involving this car? Um, I get a lot of questions about why single shock front. Mm -hmm. Um they'll say the same thing like oh that's not going to last long blah 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 and I'm like well <laughs> here they are <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think you're wrong but it's fine yeah. um, I, I mean honestly it's a lot about why fully independent um, it's a lot about do you see anything like breaking or falling off because it's such a light car and no not really mm -hmm. um, the portals um, why 35 spline axles instead of 40? Because almost every IFS car is 40 spline axles. So why is that? Uh, because of the portal. Ah, there you because, go. Because, I mean, with you got to think about with the portal and a 10-inch ring gear, I mean, that, that's almost a, that almost equivalates to a 17-inch ring and pinion. Yeah. And the axle is in between both of those. So where most guys' final drive is at the diff, mm -hmm. my final drive is at the wheel. So in between there, you don't need as much because all the load that the tire is seeing, the axle isn't seeing. Yeah. So you can get away with running a smaller axle like that. Dude, that's called using your brain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I can very much appreciate that. Which that's what I was saying, like, most people see a portal as just ground clearance advantage, but it's it's a lot more than that. So that's what I want to talk about next is kind of drivability, and I, I just I'm gonna just kind of like I got a little list here. Just go down the list yeah. and say um, how did you like it in your IFS car, and then how does it compare to a solid axle race car? Um, so first things first, overall ride quality, solid axle versus IFS, and I, or I'm sorry, completely independent. Um, ride ride quality is unmatched it, it, it's 110 percent better in the ifs car or in the fully independent car mm -hmm. um i noticed a big i noticed a really big difference in the rocks mm -hmm. um but i mean in desert it's it's almost just a given like you go from something that when you hit a bump it transfers everything everything that you just hit through the chassis yep uh, because of sway bars, because of shocks, just everything really. Um, and then you step into something that's fully independent where each corner is fully separate from the next. So it doesn't transfer the energy like it does a solid axle car through the chassis. Mm -hmm. um, so in the desert, it's a ridiculous difference. Um, it's a different driving style for sure. Uh, but in the rocks is also a huge difference. But the only thing that I liked about the SolidX car a little bit better is you can mash through the rocks as fast as you want, and the bottom of the car will really never hit 
the ground. But if you do that in the fully independent car, you're going to hit the ground and it's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, one thing is when you hit so, the belly pan, it goes but that, right that's, into the spine. That's honestly the only difference. But that just goes back to driving style, yep. um, driving smart, keeping the car alive. You just have to know how to drive the car you're driving. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, top speed, I'm assuming top speed out in the open desert, the IFS car, or the independent car is going to be a little bit better there? Yeah, so, I mean, top speed is honestly about the same, but uh, the car is almost a thousand pounds lighter than the solid X car. That's nuts. So, the new car is like 4,400 pounds, and the solid exit car was 5,400. So, I mean, just that alone gives us another 8 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, the new car hits like 130, 135. Woo, boy! Yeah, yeah, it, it Man, goes. That's, that's a lot faster than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so, so uh, obviously, stability... Um, you know, well, I guess we'll talk about it. Stability, though. I mean, it, which one, when you get in there and you're going that fast, which one is easier to drive? And I guess that kind of ties in with my next one, which is steering, because... Yeah, um, I was going to say, yeah. so the, 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 like, right when you said that, that just made me think steering, because yeah. trying to go that fast in the solid exit car, it's doable, but it's not fun. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> it's, it's literally like, like life and death sketch um so full hydraulic steering on a solid ox car which is what almost every 4400 solid ox car has mm-hmm. um it, there's no there's absolutely no mechanical linkage um from the steering wheel to the wheels it's it's all fluid driven um whereas the fully independent car has a steering rack mm-hmm. which is actually hooked to the steering wheel right um, with hydraulic assist, so so you you constantly have feel no matter how fast you're going. Where the Sawdex car, it's literally forklift steering on steroids. Like if you've ever driven a forklift down the street and yeah. you try and go in a straight line, but the 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 steering wheel is always turning. Uh-huh. That's that's basically like trying to do that at 130 miles an hour. So is it is it that you don't get feedback on the solid axle car as much, or is it that you get Un, like mismanaged feedback it's it's that you have literally nothing between the steering wheel and the wheels and fluid oh well, with, I the guess, flu, with the with the yeah. fluid driven steering it's you you can't just hold the wheel straight right and go in a straight line the car will turn so you have to you have to keep chasing it constantly to oh, keep going yeah straight. yeah that makes sense man that's so, awful <laughs> because there's no because there's no actual hard parts yeah. connecting the two together yeah, it, it, it uh, took me a minute to realize that liquid doesn't translate feedback. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, so going back to, because that, that that was the number one thing that I loved about the 4500 car was I had a steering box. Yeah. And then I jumped into the solid axle 4400 car and I absolutely hated the steering because there was nothing mechanical there. And then I got back into, or I got into the fully independent car and I'm like, wow, I have my steering back again. Like, this is great. Yeah. Man. So, so that's, that's one thing that, uh, that the new car does well in the high speed over the old car. Yeah, for sure, man. That's, I mean, so I've, I actually have never had the opportunity to go, at a high speed rate with a with a ram assisted car like that, um, yeah. I've done like rock crawling and things like that. You really, it's not that 
big of a deal because there's no there's never like high velocity feedback exactly. that you need. So I can only imagine how awful it would be to have to just basically judge where you're going and ba- like trying to steer off of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it was uh, it was it, it's it's tough cuz I mean it, right when I got into that car um, right when I moved into that car from 4500 mm-hmm. um, we went out and shock tuned with Wayne. Um and literally, like, the second pass we made, I literally almost crashed the car because <laughs> that, well, that was literally, like, my first time driving it. So yeah, I was like, man, I all right, like, like, like I'll, the only thing I know is the 4500 car, which the steering doesn't do anything weird. So, like, why would this car do anything weird? Right. So I come bombing through this whoop section, and the car gets a little sideways, and I go to counteract that. And the steering literally locked up. Like, like the steering wheel just stopped turning at, like, 70 miles an hour. And I'm, like, sideways in this whoop section. And I'm like, what the hell? And then it finally, it finally let go. And I got my steering back, like, right before it got ugly. And I'm just like, dude, like, what the hell just happened? Like, yeah. I, I started telling him what happened. He's like, oh, yeah, that's just what these cars do, like. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. That's just a full hydraulic steering system. Like they just do that occasionally. See, like I always. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, how is that acceptable? Yeah. What? So that's what I always, always hear about people like, oh, who says you can't drive high hydraulic steering on the road? And like, it's all starting to click now. What, what that means? Because yeah, I mean, honestly, it sounds like a kind of dumbass decision to do something like that. But I, you know, whatever. I get it. Do your thing. But man, like, I just, I don't know, you would think by now there would be another solution that would be able to have the mechanical feedback and still have a, yeah. the power of the RAM assist. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, there's nothing like full hydraulic in the rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's honestly a great thing. You have, um, it, it's a totally loose steering, so there's, there's hardly any drag or bind or, um, like, you really don't have any steering feel. Uh-huh. So it just feels like a super loose steering system, um, which is nice. Like, I don't know. I, I, I personally love driving it in the rocks, mm-hmm. but high speed, hell no. And on the street, hell no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that, that really sums up uh, kind of the questions I had about the comparisons. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you can think of about the car? Because I want to talk about kind of your race season and what you guys have planned for the future. And, uh, you know... That's pretty much all I had for us. If there's anything else yeah, you want to talk about, like no, about the car, I mean, I think we touched on everything. I think we pretty much covered quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, if you think of anything else while we're talking, let me know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We covered on a bit. So let's talk race season. Um, you guys went to King of Hammers <coughs> this year. Uh, where did you guys finish, King of Hammers wise, or did you finish? I did not finish King of the Hammers this year. Um, we ended up having a rear ring and pinion come apart on us. Okay. Um, so that, that stopped us around race mile 140 something, 150. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was right at the end of lap two. I was about to say, you're getting close. Yeah, <laughs> that was literally there. like 10 miles from the finish of lap two to start lap three. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, no, it was a bummer. We were, I think we were in seventh. I was, I was right behind Campbell, which yeah. was totally bad. Him and I were literally battling like that entire lap through the rocks. It was so so much fun. Yeah, dude. I, that's, that's all I was about to say is how much fun that had to be. Oh god. So let, let's let's talk about um, 
Where are you going to be this year? Um, you know, you, you said that you guys are going to shock tune next week, going out for a photo shoot. Um, yeah, going out for a photo shoot next week um, with Rockstar, and then I don't know exactly when I'm going to shock tune yet. Yeah. Um, I just want to try out the new setups, yeah, I think, sure. and then we'll get Fox out there. So one thing I want to bring up, too, is like, what's it like to be sponsored by Rockstar, which is a huge name and pretty much all over the world? Um, super big in adventure sports uh, or extreme sports. Let me say it that way. Uh, what's I mean? What's it like to be a rock star athlete? Um, it's it's honestly very humbling. Like that, I was noticed by a company like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was I, I don't know. I I think um, it puts a lot of pressure on my shoulders. I'm not gonna lie. Sure. Um, but it's, I mean, it really is a great thing. Like there's, there's not a bad thing about it. Um, but yeah, it it puts a lot of pressure on my shoulders. Um, but I think it's really good exposure for the sport. I think it's good exposure, um, for us as individuals and as a company. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, it's, it's honestly, it's great. It sounds cool. (laughs) I gotta say it's it's, pretty uh, neat. Yeah, I, I wouldn't change it for anything. Okay. It's awesome. So where are you guys going to be next uh, actually racing? Or are you guys going to shut it down this year? Or, or what's the plan for the rest of the year? So the, my next race will be probably Ridgecrest, Old mm-hmm. Four Ridgecrest, here in like two or three months. Yep. I think it's two months. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Um, I don't I, – I was thinking about doing San Felipe, but – it's just not coming together, so yeah. that's not going to happen. Um, and then I don't really want to go to the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll, like I'll tell keep, you. I like to keep my stuff dry, so I don't think I'm going to go to the East Coast. Yeah, I, uh, man, so being, I'm based out of Nashville, and, uh, okay. Man, I, I'll tell you, the guys that did come over, um, I got a chance to see Levi Shirley. He's kind of Midwest ish, yeah, kind of East Kansas. Coast. Um, it was cool to see him. I'll tell you, man. If you uh, if you make it an event and you tell people you're going to be somewhere, uh, your crowd will be there. I can promise oh, yeah. you. I can promise you that. So, yeah. Um, do you do you ever have an intent? I mean, within like the next year or like next season, uh, you plan on coming to East Coast at all? Um, possibly. I I think I might go out there. Um, to the dude. I don't remember which race. It is. I think it's like Kentucky or. Something? Yeah, Maybe. Kentucky. They have a. They have a. The I think it's a Dirty Turtle. Um, yeah, I might it? go. I might fly out to that race. Yeah, uh, but I don't think I'm gonna bring the car. Okay. Um. So I might be out there, but no, I I I don't really plan on going East Coast. It's just it's tough for me uh, because all all of my pit crew is uh, volunteers of ours. Dude, that's awesome. So. So they're they're close friends and um, family that we've grown up with. Yeah. Uh, other people that kind of hang out with us that are into the same stuff. Um, it's some of my friends. Um, so it's it's a lot of different people, but I have I have a hard time um, asking them to like take that much time off work sure. and because I mean you think about it, it's like maybe. Even if it's a weekend race, that probably takes a week to drive there, yeah. do the race, and drive back, or more. Who yeah, knows? It, it, there's a lot of buy-in for that, and I think, yeah. I think we all understand I mean, that, too. To go to a race like that, I'd probably need, like, five to ten guys, yeah. and, I mean, that's that's just hard for me to choke down 
asking all those people, their volunteers, to take that much time off work. Um, so, and like I can't really afford to pay them. So yeah, um, like when we go out to King of the Hammers and stuff, we'll pay for their fuel, pay for their food and stuff. But again, they're still. I mean, that's just to cover a little bit of a big cost, you know. Yeah. No. I. I. And man, I'll tell you, it's it's part of. I'm I'm trying. To, let me put it this way. I'm trying to put together a team to uh, do the East Coast series for side by side. And yep. trying to get people to buy into <laughs> being my pit crew or helping yeah. me or anything. Uh, it's tough. It's a hard case to make, man. I mean, if somebody asked me to do it, I mean, if they told me I had a race in Pennsylvania and I'm just going to be a pit crew, uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's tough. I mean, yeah, it's one if you're, like, in the car, but. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. But uh, I'm looking. They have an Ultra 4 race in Canada. That's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That'll be really neat. I uh, I don't know. Again, definitely won't be there for myself. <laughs> but yeah. but y'all have fun in Canada. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. But uh, all right, man. Well, uh, so you you did say that you're going to probably look at the uh, the Ridgecrest uh, race. Yeah. That, and that's in September, it's looking like, for 2019? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'll be cool. out there. Cool, man. Well, that's where people will be able to catch you next. Um, are you going to be at any kind of events or expos or anything like that with the car? Uh, I'm actually going to be around quite a bit. Um, I'd have to pull up my schedule, sure. but um, I know the next event that I'm going to be at with the car is High Desert Roundup here in Barstow mm -hmm. um, in like two and a half weeks, I think it is, sure. at the end of this month. Uh, so I'll be out there with the car, getting some seat time, hanging out with people. Um, but yeah, I don't. I'd have to pull my schedule. But after that, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Um, this is a great plug for your uh, for your social media. So can people find yeah. you on Facebook and Instagram? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Jordan Pellegrino on Facebook and Instagram. Just that's it. It's pretty simple. About to say, give give him a follow there. Um, super responsive. He's got a like a racer page set up and all that fun stuff on Facebook. And uh, yeah, it was really yeah. So I got a personal Facebook, mm -hmm. a racer Facebook, uh, personal and race Instagram is the same thing. Sweet. And then uh, I got my YouTube channel. Feel free to check that out if you want to actually see what the car looks like and yeah. see me talking about it, and working on it. Yeah, man, that's cool. Uh, uh, chance for, for plug for sponsors anybody want to give a shout out to now uh, yeah no for sure uh, Mickey Thompson of course Rockstar Energy of course uh, Gen Ride Off-Road KMC Wheels uh, Skosh um, K&N uh, Magnaflow R1 Concepts Brakes uh, Vision X Eaton Spider Auto Torco um, Rockstar Garage Odyssey Battery JE Reel uh FK Rod Ends, RCV, Griffin Radiator, uh, Frigola Performance, ARP Bolts, Fastenal, Heat Shield Products, Fox Shocks, Warn, Advanced Adapters, Rugged Radios, Aeromotive, HPS Hose, uh, Fuel Safe, Anyway Visual, Sparco, and PRP. Sweet, dude. Sweet. You got, I like it. You got, you got them nailed down. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, cool, man. Um, I'll tell you what. We'll go ahead and close up the actual podcast. Hang around for just a second after we say goodbye, and we'll kind of sort uh, a few of the logistics out. And uh, 
man, it, it's been it's been just fantastic to have you on the show and uh I want to get you on again um maybe after the Ridgecrest race and just yeah. see how the car was, how it worked for you and um we're just knocking on an hour right now, so I think that's the perfect perfect amount of time. Yeah. Uh man, it's been a pleasure to have you on and like for those who don't know, aka everyone but me and Jordan, uh, I appreciate you being flexible on schedule. Uh, we were supposed to record on Monday, and it got pushed day after day. So I'm super thankful that you were able to do the interview, um, and it'll be up as soon as I can get it turned around. And uh, man, we're just again so thankful that you were able to do it. And uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you having me on. This is my first time doing a podcast like this, but uh, no, I. It's a good opportunity. It's good. It's good for everyone. I feel like so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah, it's cool. I feel like it's cool to learn about people, different people like this. So, but no, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, buddy. Well, with that, we'll close it up for the day. And, and like I said, hang around for just one second. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. And uh, we'll have you on again soon. Does that sound all right? Cool. Yep, sounds great. All Thank right. you. Cool, man. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it. He dropped a ton of really cool information. Um, probably one of the coolest is the, the Mickey Thompson sticky tires that they had custom made for him. Uh, the portals were really cool. The suspension that he's got running up front. You really should go check out his Instagram and go see how that's set up. It's really unique. Um, give him a follow on YouTube. As always, make sure you're entered for our contest on Racing on the Rocks Facebook page. Um, you go sign up for our newsletter. You get entered in for free swag from all of our drivers and sponsors. Uh, and we're giving away free parts in that, so please stay tuned. Like us on Facebook. Uh, download the episodes. Share it with friends. Uh, it's great, man. We really appreciate the support that you guys are stepping up and giving. Um, we've got nothing but good things coming for you guys, so we really appreciate it. Um, Infinite Off-Road sponsored this this episode of the podcast. A 25-year, you break it, they replace it warranty on all items. Infinite Off-Road, wheel rings, rock light kits, whips, um, everything you can think of they have. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to them because I personally use the 10% off code to pick up a new set of sticky tires for our race team. Uh, I got some 32-inch uh, crawlers that are just super sticky, super awesome. Shipping was super fast and customer service was great as well. All Things UTV has a really cool product coming out soon called the Cloud9 Suspension Kit. It's going to be custom springs designed for your vehicle. Um, all the springs, everything you need to have the perfect ride you've ever wanted. All Things UTV. They have wheel and tire combos that are prices that are unmatched. Um, everything that you can think of, axle pullers, apparel, uh, tender spring replacements, they're great. Please give them a follow. And most importantly, guys, thanks for listening. You guys are what make this show keep going on. We appreciate you. Give them a shout. All the sponsors. And uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. Have a good day.